from the Thinking Out Loud studios, it's the Thinking Out Loud podcast with Kevin and Kyle, the podcast that exists to help you navigate the culture of today from a biblical perspective and to help you grow in your relationship with God. God has commissioned and called you to be a light in this culture. The only way you can do that is to know the truth. No matter what circumstance you're facing, no matter what season of life that you're in, if you truly want to find success in that season, you're going to have to go back to the simple question of what does God say about me in this moment? There's no shortage of information in this culture, but there is a shortage of truth. Welcome back to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. My name is Kevin Wilson, and we're excited to be back with you for another week of the show. And you're probably thinking, where is Kyle? Uh, Kyle is taking a break, a much needed break. And so and he'll be back. Don't worry, he will be back. But there there will be some shows that he won't be on because he is, like I said, taking taking a much needed break. And as you know, and or or maybe not know, pastors, it is extremely important that your pastor take a break, right? They should be going on vacation. They should be having time where they can recharge. It is, it's really, really important. It is very unhealthy for somebody to just work and work and work and work, especially in the ministry and not take a break. And so we want him to do this. Uh, We support this. And it's just about being healthy. We believe in health in at Thinking Out Loud podcast in the studios. We we are not interested in unhealthiness. No one's perfect, but we definitely want to make sure that I'm healthy, Kyle's healthy, both spiritually, naturally, physically, all that good stuff, right? Because you know, there's that's the only way that we're going to be able to carry the gospel. And so taking a break is good for you. And so we want to make sure that that's always available. And and of course, we have our line that is open. It's 248-301-2010. You can text that number at any time, 248-301-2010. If you have questions, if you have uh, show suggestions or topics, you can certainly use that line. Also, you can reach out to us at thinkingoutloudmedia.com, thinkingoutloudmedia.com. We've got a ton of stuff there. We've got some pictures of our families up there. Uh, of course, well, my kids are not on there, but me and my wife, you see a picture of me and my wife there, Kyle and his wife and kids, minus one. Um, we've got, of course, our shows are all there. So our shows are all archived there. You can go there and listen to any show at any time. Also, we've got some resources there. There are some ministries that we support and we love. And we think that you should support those ministries as well. They're there on that website. We got some bios of myself and Kyle. Tell you a little bit about our background, our ministry background, kind of all the things that we've done over the past years. All of that stuff is there on the website. And so also, if you want to donate, I'm looking at a list of people who donate to the show right now. And I just want to say thank you so very much. It's because of you and you know who you are. It's because of you that this show is heard in over 32 countries. I think it's well over that now, but in over a thousand cities in the United States. And so I just want to tell you how much we appreciate 
you for allowing the word of God to go into all of these different places. It is just awesome. And so we thank you for that. And if you want to be a part of the donor list, you can certainly go to thinkingoutloudmedia.com. If you are there on the homepage, if you scroll down almost to the bottom, you'll see a small donate button there that'll take you right to PayPal. Our site is secure. We pay extra money to make sure that our site is secure. Also, obviously, PayPal, a very secure site as well. And you can set up for recurring payments. Uh, It can be small. They can be large, whatever you want to do. Or you could do a one-time payment there at the website. And then don't forget to follow us, subscribe wherever you listen. So if you listen to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Gosh, Spotify, Amazon, Podchaser, Stitcher, all these places that you listen to podcasts or music, you can find us there. Don't forget to subscribe or follow us, whichever button they have there. That way you don't miss out on anything. We have these shows come out every other week. There will be times that we may have some special edition shows that come out. You want to make sure that you are you see those. And like I say, we want to hear from you. So if you have show suggestion topics, if you have questions, right, you can send those questions anonymously to 248-301-2010. You can send those questions right there. Text us those questions. You don't have to say your name. You don't have to do any of that. You can also send those questions in through our website. Now, if you go to the contact us page uh, on thinkingoutloudmedia.com. There's a section there where you can send questions our way and we will address those questions on the air. We will do a show just based on those questions. And so one of the things that we're going to do today or the main thing we're going to do today is we are going to actually answer some of the most common Bible questions that people have questions that could have been sent from you guys, some that are that, you know, that we've fielded down through the years as pastors, some of the most popular questions. And these are not the only, we're just going to hit on a few today, but these are not the only questions. We will have more of these Q&A. And if you want your question to be a part of the Q&A, again, go to our website, thinkingoutloudmedia.com, contact us tab, and you can put those there. Also, you can text us at 248-301-2010, 248-301-2010, and you can have your questions answered on the show. And so let's, let's jump right in, guys. Let's jump right in. So one of the things that I love is I love being able, so for me, and if you don't know me, I am a learner. Like I love to learn. I love, I want to know as much as I can about a lot of things. <laughs> That's just how I am. I like to research things. I like to vet things, I all the things, right? And so one of the things earlier on in my Christian walk, I really, really enjoyed listening. And I've listened to, oh my goodness, untold amount of hours of Bible scholars and Bible teachers and studying the word and all of these type of things to understand the Bible, you know, to understand certain things. So that when someone asks me a question, and especially when, you know, in pastoring, you know, people ask you questions, you want to have an educated answer. Now I am not trying to say I'm a Bible scholar by any stretch of the imaginations. I have, you know, 20 years of Bible reading, Bible study, you know, training, all the things 
and, you know, have really tried to sit at the feet of Bible scholars and listening and trying to absorb a lot of the things they have spent so much time researching. And so it's just, you know, it's something that early on in my relationship with God, I just like, I, I, I just, I don't know. I just really came to love and that was just hearing answers to questions. And I'll tell you right now, there are some questions that, that people have had over the years. I haven't, ever th- I haven't even thought about them before. And, you know, it, it just sparked other questions in me and just knowing that all the answers are out there. It's amazing. Now, there are some things that in Christianity, it's just tough to answer, right? Because we're finite, which means that we have limited understanding, but God is infinite, right? So there's going to be some things about God or about life that in this life, we're not going to have a, I don't know, a satisfactory, I guess I would say, answer to those things. It's like, it's really, really, really hard. It's really tough. You know, we can make our best guess, but when it comes to actually knowing where we can emphatically say there are some things, not a lot, but there are some that is uh, difficult to answer, right? But what we do know is we serve an amazing God and he is going to, you know, he, he, he can answer those things, right? And we may not know it this side of heaven, but when we get there, uh, certainly we will know the answers. And, you know, I think we'll spend a lot of time <laughs> truly understanding a lot of the stuff that we don't understand today, which is an exciting idea, right? And so, so let's, I'm going to, I'm just going to go through some of these questions that are asked. And some of these may be questions that you've thought about before. Some of them you may not. And you'd be like, whoa. But this first one, I think is so funny. And it's, I get it, but it's one of those things where it's like, I just never, you know, until somebody asks, asks the question, <laughs> I just never thought about it. I, I just never thought about it, but I will tell you, this is one of the most popular questions that is asked and it's, does my pet go to heaven or will I see my pet? So you got your little dog Fido or your, you know, your little cat and, you know, listen, I don't know. I'm in the camp about cats. I don't know about you, but (laughs) I am not a cat fan. I'm just, just going to put it out there. Now, listen, one, I couldn't have a cat anyway because I'm allergic, which, you know, if if you've listened to the show for any length of time, I'm allergic to everything. Uh, But I'm not a cat fan. I don't know. There's just something sneaky, sly. There's just something about them. Right. And nothing against you people who have who have who have cats. They're cute. But boy, do they have attitudes. And I'm not interested in that. So um, so but listen. A lot of people ask, are my pets, will I see my pet in heaven? Where do pets, where do animals go when they die? And I just, I guess what I probably should do is just do a momentary pause here and just say, hey, if you've got little kids that are listening to this show right now, use parent discretion as we talk about this, because this could be a very sensitive topic and I just want to make sure. So that's my warning. Um, So, you know, and I, you know. I'm a pet guy, so don't think I'm not a pet guy. We have a golden doodle. His name is Cooper. 
and we love him to death. Um, we are definitely a doodle family. Uh, we got him in the, uh, in the in the middle of the pandemic, like a lot of other people in 2020. And he is just he's amazing. Like I we want to get another one. Like, I think I will probably always have a doodle. And the cool thing is they're hyperallergenic. So I don't have to worry about it shedding. Um, I have what you call an F1BB golden doodle, which means he does not shed at all. He is 87. My particular one is 87% poodle, which means he is hyper. Um, so, <laughs> but we love him. And so I understand, and I say all that to say this, I understand this thing of we get attached to our pets. Listen, that pet's like our, that dog is like our kid. When we go to the store, we're like, oh, what can we pick up for Cooper? Can we get him? Can we get him some treats? Can we get him a little sweater? Can we get, I mean, whatever the case is, or a toy, we're always looking for something for him, right? Because we love him so much. And this is why I think this particular thing becomes such a big thing for people. They're like, I just want to know if little Koopy or little whoever, right, <laughs> uh, is going to go to heaven when he dies. Now, I here's here's what we need to do. We need to look at this from a biblical perspective. We do not need to look at this from an emotional perspective, right? And I want to I want to say something. Emotions when you put too much emotions into your theology, into your your beliefs and different things like that, that can steer you the wrong way. And it can steer you into an area that is just not truth-based, okay? Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have emotions because God created us with emotions, right? But there's good emotions, there's bad emotions, and emotions can be very, very deceptive, right? And so you have to be careful when it comes to pouring your emotions into your theology. And so now the Bible doesn't speak directly to this, but if you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know, I always say if the Bible doesn't address something directly, it's always going to address it in principle, right? So yeah, the Bible doesn't say thou shalt not smoke, you know, cigarettes and that, you know, that's, you know, or something like that. Now, I'm not saying smoking cigarettes is a sin, so don't fall off your chair. Here's what I'm saying. The Bible says your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? And so we know that cigarettes are bad for us, right? We also know that Twinkies are bad for us and hamburgers and all that good stuff too, right? But we still do it sometimes, okay? But we try to do those things in moderation. But by the same token, we just have to know that even though the Bible doesn't explicitly talk about those things, it does cover those things in principle. And this is a great example of that, right? So does the Bible talk directly about animals going to heaven? It doesn't. But the Bible does state this, okay? So I think what we need to do is, does the Bible address this in principle? Yes, it does. The Bible states that both man and animals have the breath of life, okay? Which essentially means that both man and animals are living beings. We see that in Genesis. We see that's what the Bible says. And if you look in Genesis 2 and 7, it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living 
being. All right. So we 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 see man, and and the reason why I'm reading these is because I want to contrast the difference. So the reason why I'm contrasting these two things is I'm contrasting these things because you know we've got to see we need to understand man and we need to understand how God looks at man and, and what God did for man and then how God looks at animals okay so in Genesis 1:30 it says and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds in the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground everything that has the breath of life in it I give every green plant for food and it was so. And then in Genesis 7:15 it says pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. Okay? So if we look at this part, we look at the fact that God breathed the breath of life into man as well as he breathed the breath of life into animals as well. Okay. So right now it it seems as though animals and people are kind of on the same, same level. Okay. If you will. Right. Okay. You know, because both of them had God's breath breathed into them. Okay. So what's the difference between humans and animals? And this will help us understand and explain the answer to this question about does animals or pets, I should say, our, our pets go to heaven. Now, if you read Genesis 1, 26 through 27, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Now, so here's where we have a stark difference between animals and humans, right? Well, the first thing is, is that humans were made in the image and in the likeness of God. There is nowhere you will find in scripture where it, the Bible says that animals or pets, you know, our little pets were made in the image of God. It's just nowhere to be found, right? So there's something that's different about humans as opposed to animals. Okay. So right there, it, it, it puts a difference between. Okay. Now, being made in the image of God and likeness of God means that humans are like God, right? So there, you know, so in this case, they're capable of like spirituality because they have they have minds, they have an emotion, and they have a will, right? And to a certain extent, I guess you could say pets have, you know, obviously they have a mind. I believe pets have emotions, and they have somewhat of a will. Right. They, they, you know, there's times that I tell my dog, Hey, get inside. And he just stares there, stares at me and just looks at me like I'm crazy. Right. He's going, Nope, not going inside, not ready to go inside yet. I'm going to stand here until you make me go inside. Right. He's his own little will. Right. 
So, and he has to be trained. So you could say he does have a mind, he has emotions, and he has a will. But if you look at what a, if you look at what a human has, a human has, yes, that mind, that will, and emotions, but it's at a level, right? So it has a soul, right? And so I guess when you look at it, you have to say, if a human has a soul, then what is it that causes some somebody to go to heaven? Well, their soul is saved. They accepted Christ in their heart, okay? And because they accepted Christ in their heart and realized that they were a sinner, they're accepted into heaven, all right? There's just no freebies into heaven, right? Like, I think we forget about that sometimes. There's just not like, oh, this person's a good person. Oh, they go to heaven. No, you don't get go get to go to heaven because you're a good person. Because you're actually, if, you, if you're going to talk about good, you're not good. The Bible says there is none good but one, right? So we have to have our soul saved. And you have to ask yourself, well, is it possible that an animal could be saved? Like, I, it, right? I know some of you guys are probably just like, oh my gosh, Kevin, I can't believe you're even taking this seriously and answering this question. But you have to understand, this is one of the, one of the most popular questions that we get and that just in general in Christianity that people ask this question all the time. And, and, and again, I don't believe there's nowhere in scripture that it shows or states that an animal has a savable soul, right? Like it, there's just, it's just not there, right? So, you know, now, is there a possibility that these pets could exist after death? Well, sure. I mean, all things are possible with God, but is it likely? I would say when you, you study scripture and you study animals, you know, God making animals and, and their order in society, I just don't see it. I just, and guys, look, this is where that emotion thing, oh, you know, I, you know, I know my, my pets in heaven. I know I'm going to see my, and I, guys, I want that so bad for all of us, right? But I just don't see in scripture where pets have a savable soul. Now, again, if you get to heaven and little Fido's there, listen, I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> it won't be the, that won't be the only thing I'd be wrong about, by the way. Um, but, you know, again, I am going, I am going by what I have. And that is the scriptures. That's the word of God. That's Bible scholars. That's principles of the scripture. And I just don't see that. We are made in the image of God. Animals are not made in the image of God. They don't have a soul like we have that is savable. And that's what gets you into heaven. Now, does the Bible talk about there being animals in the new heaven, new earth? Absolutely. There's going to be animals there, right? I would, I would, because the the earth, you got to think, you know, the Bible says that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Well, that new earth, I believe, is going to be a lot like how it was in the Garden of Eden. There were certainly animals in the Garden of Eden. Now, is it your particular pet in the Garden of Eden? Is God going to populate that new earth with everybody's favorite pet? I don't know, (laughs) but I don't see a biblical reason to say 
that it would. So, yeah. So there you go. I, I again, guys, I, you know what? This is just one of those things that uh, people ask. And I just, you know, I, I, again, I just don't think that pets or animals have this immaterial aspect of, 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 of themselves. I, I, I just, I just don't think so. You know, I, I, in the sense of it being to, to the level or quality of a, a human, I, I just don't. Okay. <laughs> All right. Oh man. All right. Here's, here's the next question uh, that we, a lot of people we get is, will I be married in heaven? All right. Will I be married? And some of you probably haven't even thought about this. You might be like, oh, you know, my spouse is my spouse. I don't know why I wouldn't be married in heaven. Well, let's see what the Bible actually says about this. And it's pretty interesting. I remember when I found out the answer to this question, I was just like, whoa, dude, this is this is a little wild. Like, how how is that going to work? Right. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, I never thought about it. But earlier on in my Christian walk, I was either listening to a Bible scholar or I the question just came up in my own head. I can't remember. And I remember hearing the answer to it. And I was just like, oh, boy. So let's read. So will you be married in heaven? Let's read Matthew 22, 23 through 30. And this is very important of what Jesus actually says to the disciples, because in, in some historic, and I don't want to get into the whole historical background here, but here's what's happening. Here's what was happening. Some of the, the leaders and, and the religious people of that day was trying to trip Jesus up. Okay, it's just as simple as that. And we can get into this some other time about what they were trying to do. But they were trying to trip him up and to see what he was going to say in regards to, and some of this was with marriage and divorce and stuff like that. So in Matthew 22, 23 through 30, it says, that same day, the Sadducees, they were sad, you see, um, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus and questioned him. Verse 24, teacher, they said, Moses declared that if a man dies without having children, his brother is to marry the widow and raise up offspring to him. Now, there were seven brothers among us. The first one married and died without having children. So he left his wife to his brother. The same thing happened to the second and third brothers, down to the seventh. And last of all, the woman died. In the resurrection, then, whose wife will she be of the seven? For all of them were married to her, right? So basically, they're like, listen, this lady had seven wives, Jesus. When she gets to heaven, which one of those seven is she going to be married to, right? So like they were trying to, I don't know what they were trying to do, right? I, I don't know if this was like, you know, New Testament, Jerry Springer. I, I'm not sure what was happening, but they were just trying to trip Jesus up. Okay? And Jesus so eloquently, I just love him so much. In verse 29, Jesus knew, listen, Jesus knew what they were doing. He knew where they were coming from. And so he gave them this answer. In verse 29, he says, Jesus answered, you are mistaken because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. In the resurrection, people will neither marry nor be given in marriage. Instead, they will be like the angels in heaven. My favorite part of this scripture is verse 29, when he says, you are mistaken because you don't know the scriptures or the power of God. Basically, what he's saying to them is, guys, you're talking about marriage in heaven. Do you understand the joys 
and, and, and the, Im- the immeasurable peace, the immeasurable uh, joy that's going to be in heaven. Like you don't understand the power of God. You're thinking that you're going to miss out on something if you're not married. You, you have you you just don't understand the power of God. Now, mind you, when I f- so basically what Jesus is saying is, look, you're not going to be married in heaven. Right. And it's not because he doesn't want us to be happy or he doesn't want us to enjoy life or he doesn't want us to what any of that stuff. But marriage was given. So if you think about marriage and the marriage bed, those things were given for us on earth to enjoy because this world is very temporary. Right. And when we get to heaven, the things that gave us joy down here will pale in comparison to the things that God has prepared for us. Trust me, you will not be thinking about not being married when you get to heaven. And may I quote Jesus, you don't understand the power of God, right? In his presence is fullness of joy, right? And so now, will we know our spouse? Yes. The Bible seems to indicate we will know. Will will we spend time and you know meet up with them? I believe so. But the relationship that we have here and the relationship that we have there with our spouse will be totally different, right? Because here they're a help meet to us, right? They're, you know, your husband, he's that leader of the home. He's the one that has to be responsible and take care of the family. The wife is to help me. She's the one that also helps take care of the family and and does some some things to help in the family, right? So, I mean, you know, you think about all the immeasurable things. I think about all the stuff that my wife does. Oh my goodness, it's so much, right? You know, and I look at, I mean, even I work very hard. I'm working usually 24-7 and I know that's not good. So I might be... I might be taking a break soon when Kyle comes back. But anyways, um, you know, I think about all the work that I do and I think about the work that my wife does and my wife's a career career mom. So she's actually out of the house working and she comes back home and she works some more. Right. So I think about that and I go, oh, my goodness. Like, you know, I can't imagine us like I can't imagine us not being married. Like you just, you, you don't even think about it. Like, I just could not imagine us just going through life, working, doing our thing and not being married. And then all of a sudden we get to heaven and poof, marriage is gone. Right. But it won't be that way. Right. Remember what Jesus said when they asked, is, are people going to be married in heaven? He goes, you don't know the scriptures or you, or the power of God. You don't understand the power of God. And so listen, we are to enjoy the things that God has given us here right we're 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 to enjoy that and 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 some of these things are here just for this season right and that's why we are to be good stewards of what god has given us in this season so that when we do get to heaven we will be able to enjoy all the rewards and things that god has planned for us man it's going to be exciting and uh yeah it's just going to be exciting so Will we be married in heaven? The Bible is very, very clear in Matthew, and this is Jesus himself, right? In Matthew 22, 23 through 30, that we won't be, but that we won't have to worry about that. I believe that our relationship with our spouse in heaven will be on such a dynamic level that we will understand them better and more than we've ever understood them in our entire life. 
right? Because we will understand things like God understands. Right now, you might say, gosh, we get into a fight or we get, you know, we just, we seem to be in opposite places and and going opposite ways sometimes or whatever the case may be. It won't be like that in heaven, right? You are going to see him or her the way God sees them, right? And so just rest in knowing that God has amazing things planned for you when you get to heaven, all right? Another question that's asked, and this one, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this, but it's, in my opinion, it's it's unfortunate because I know this question is still asked and it's 2022, right? Like it's, we should not be asking this question in 2022, but I totally get it. I totally get it. If you don't, you know, understand the Bible completely or you see certain things, you're not sure if, you know, it's in the Bible or not, or you've been taught certain things. But this question is, what does the Bible say about interracial relationships? Is it okay to date somebody that is outside of your race or to marry somebody that is outside of your race? Okay. And I know where this comes from. There are some scriptures in the Bible that that people in the past have misinterpreted and made it about race when the Bible is not talking about race. And we'll, and I'll explain it here in a second and read the scripture. So you understand that, but I will never, ever forget when I, when I was pastoring, I had a young lady come up to me from our youth group. And she said, I don't know, somehow we got on the subject of dating and, and dating somebody outside of her race. Now she was a Caucasian young lady and she said, she's like, pastor, she's like, pastor Kevin, like my parents would kill me or my family. I think she said, I don't think she said my parents, but she says my family would kill me if I dated somebody like that was outside of my race or if I dated a black guy or whatever the case. And I remember like it, yeah, in my head, my head, I was just like doing somersaults in my head because I'm just like, who says that? Like, who reads the Bible, reads the story of Jesus, understands the unconditional love of God, understands the standards, the high standards that God has when it comes to us loving our brother or loving our neighbors and, you know, and loving our enemies. But the same God would say you can't date somebody that has a different skin color than you, right? Like, like these are things, listen, I, I remember being little and I was listening to a, a, a preacher and I, I, I couldn't tell you, I mean, this was many, many, many years ago. This could have been 30 years ago. I, I just, I, I'm, I can't remember when, but I was, I was young. And this particular pastor was talking about, he was using scriptures to say that black and white cup, you know, people should not date. And so let me, let me read some scriptures to you. And I want to give you some scriptures of where some of this comes from and then explain to you and help you to understand what these scriptures are actually saying. All right. So if we look at Deuteronomy 7, 3 through 6, Deuteronomy 7, 3 through 6. Furthermore, 
you shall not intermarry with them. You shall not give your daughters to their sons, nor shall you take their daughters for your sons. For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you, and he will quickly destroy you. But thus you shall do to them. You shall tear down their altars and smash their sacred pillars and hew down their ashram and burn their graven images with fire. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Okay? So, if you look at that scripture, that scripture, and and you'll see this as a theme throughout scripture, especially the Old Testament. Solomon, um, this this was the case with Solomon and, and others in the scripture. There was, God strongly forbid his people from marrying outside of their, or not intermarrying. And the reason why he, he did that was because other cultures served false gods. They did not serve the real, true God. And so God is basically saying, hey, listen, you know, if, if your daughters marry sons of people who worship pagan gods, they're going to turn their hearts away from me. And so I don't want your sons intermarrying. I don't want your daughters intermarrying with other cultures and people who don't serve me, right? That this is the spirit, okay, of that scripture. But what has happened is because the scripture is saying it in a, in a you know, you can interpret the scripture to, to, to mean, well, you shouldn't date outside your race or you shouldn't date into other cultures because other cultures are bad. That's not what the scripture says. The, the scriptures are saying you should not intermarry because if you intermarry with those cultures of, of that time, those particular cultures were serving pagan gods. The end. Like that is what that scripture is talking about. It is in no way saying you shouldn't date these young ladies because they're Egyptian or you shouldn't date you shouldn't date these young men because they're Ethiopian or you shouldn't date these uh, people because they're Asian or whatever the case, right? Name your culture. That is not what the scripture is saying. All right? It, but it was strongly forbidden and if you if you read and I'm not going to read this scripture but if you can if you read in Malachi 2:11 that's exactly what ended up happening to the Israelites he, the Lord commanded them in the Old Testament not to engage in interracial marriage right and but they did and if you read in Malachi 2:11 that's exactly what happened to Israel they they went away from God why and part of it was because they married into these different cultures and if you read about Solomon, the same thing, right? Solomon ended up, Solomon, remember, Solomon was King David's son, right? He knew the way of the Lord. He knew, he's seen the miracles. He's seen how his father was a man of war and how God delivered him. He, he got his wisdom. Solomon was, was known to be the wisest man of his day, right? That wisdom came from God. God blessed Solomon tremendously, tremendously, right? 
But then what did Solomon do? He went and he married wives that were from other cultures. Those wives turned his heart away from God. That is what the scripture uh, is talking about. Now, there's another piece of this where the Bible talks in uh, 2 Corinthians 6.14. He says, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Now, if you read that part where it says, or what fellowship can light have with darkness, and you think that has something to do with interracial marriage marriage, and a person of a lighter hue skin, or they have less pigment in their skin, and there are people who have more pigment in their skin, and that's what the scripture is talking about, that is just ignorant. I am so sorry to say that. I am not trying to be mean. That is ignorant. The scripture is specifically speaking of light and dark when it comes to uh, good and evil. And if I'm not mistaken, I heard a preacher many years ago use that scripture and use it to say that people should not intermarry or they should not date people of other races. All right. So if you grew up that way, if grandpa told you that, if grandma told, and, and I don't care what race it is, I'm not talking about just, you know, white, you're not wearing, marrying black or black, not marrying white. I'm saying if somebody says you can't marry into an Indian family or an Asian family or a Mexican family or any kind of family, that is not of God. That is not in scripture. That is awful. And that is not something that should be done or should be talked about or should be said out of a Christian's mouth ever. Okay. You say, you say, well, Kevin, man, you are emphatic about that. I am because it's just silliness, right? This shouldn't even be a question, but yet it is one of the most popular questions. And I fault pastors, preachers, and other people who did not interpret the scriptures correctly, who did not write, rightly divide the word, and we further divide people, right? We already have that problem in society, right? There is no way we're going to add to that and then now say, well, God's racist. Well, God, God would say, no, 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 you can't marry. Oh, no. Listen, we are, we are all one, right? We're one race. There's no such thing that race. And we talked about this in some of our other shows on race. Race is a social construct. We are all one race. It is the human race. If you are born in certain parts of the world, your skin tends to be darker, right? When people marry people, you know, just like the Tower of Babel, right? When when they when they or Babel, whatever. When they when they dispersed, right? They dispersed into all different types of people groups. Okay. As those people had babies and more babies and more babies and more babies. Well, what do you think happened? The genes and those people became stronger and stronger and stronger. The characteristics of those people became stronger and stronger and stronger, right? It has nothing to do with the fact that somebody's inferior or anything like that, right? And so if you were brought up that way uh, in any race, right? Whether you're an African-American, you were brought up that way. If you were Caucasian and you were brought up that way, if you're Asian, Indian, it doesn't matter. That is not of God. And so just put that away. You know, if your kid comes home and they come home with somebody of a different race, 
Uh, you should celebrate that as long as they're a good person. Now, if they're a good, if they're not a good person, I don't care what race they are, then they don't need to be dating your, your son or your daughter, right? But if that person is a person who's following after God and they're lovely and they, they love your son or your daughter, there is no way you should ever even breathe the thought that that's a problem, right? As a Christian, okay? You know, we, I have two daughters. And, you know, I, I'm actually married to a biracial person. My wife is half white, half black. My daughters obviously are 25% white and, and 75% black. And so we are definitely a family who believes, and I've encouraged my daughters, please, like, don't hesitate. You know, if you, you know, if, if God puts somebody in your life that is not your race um, and you know it's God, by all means, accept the gift that God has given you. And I mean, it, because there's beautiful and handsome people in all races, right? That's, that's the beauty of humanity. Gosh, it's, 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 it's so beautiful. Like we are not all the same and there's a beauty in celebrating that, right? And so, you know, Martin Luther King said, uh, one of the things I love that he said was, you know, you shouldn't judge people you know, by the color of their skin, but rather you should judge people by the content of their character. I love that so much. That's the way it should be. All right. All right. Let's talk about the last thing. And I, you know what, when I put, when I was studying and (laughs) putting these together, I didn't realize that this next one was going to kind of like, I don't know, it, it could be kind of racial too. I, this wasn't planned. Trust me, I promise. Definitely not trying to go on a, a, a rant about color today. But another commonly asked question is, does the Bible condone slavery? And this one, you know, it's crazy because I've heard celebrities, I think Barack Obama even said this once. He said something like, you know, I forgot the context, but someone was asking him about, like, does he believe the Bible or, or whatever? And he's waffled back and forth on that stuff his whole time. I mean, he went to that awful church, Jeremiah Wright, you know, that that preached that. Uh, and it's, it's escaping my mind at the moment. But Black Liberation Theology, that's what it is. Black Liberation Theology, that Jeremiah Wright, which I, you know, he doesn't even deserve the title of reverend. I mean, it is just awful, the things that they taught in that church. But anyways, side note. He was talking about the Bible or, or something like that. And, you know, because it was advantageous for him at the moment to make the Bible look stupid, he decided to say, well, yeah, you know, what, what, what scripture would you like me to pick? The one about, uh, you know, stoning people or the one about, uh, you know, you know, the sl- slavery, people owning slaves, you know, like, okay. Uh, and, and this is the type of stuff I'm talking about because really smart people say really crazy things sometimes, right? I mean, they have no idea. They, 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 they have, they've, they've not studied the word of God. They don't know the word. They certainly don't know how to rightly divide the word. And so what they do is they take these talking points and they say things, but here's the problem. They're presidents, they're celebrities. They have a huge audience and a huge following, and they just spout off the mouth and say things that's just, you know, to make them look better, but it's not true. 
And, you know, your kids are listening to that. Young people, you know, young adults and youth are listening to that. And they're thinking, well, Barack Obama said it must be true. Well, Michael Jordan said it. LeBron James, it must be true. And here's what I want you to understand. Read the Bible for yourself. It is so important that you rightly divide the word of truth because you're going to find that the Bible Unify what the Bible says about slavery. So let's let's look at the Bible. What what does the Bible say? Now, here's here's what you won't see. The Bible does not, it doesn't necessarily condemn slavery. All right. Now I'm going somewhere with this. All right. So don't get nervous. I'm going somewhere with this. Okay. <laughs> but we have to be honest here, right? We we can't hide things. We can't make things sound better. Again, we can't put emotions in it to make things more palatable for people. We have to tell the truth, okay? So the Bible, it doesn't necessarily condemn slavery, but if you read uh, things like uh, Colossians 4, 1, uh, Ephesians 6, 9, you look at Deuteronomy 15, 12 through 15, uh, if you look at it, it, some scriptures like that, you'll see that it does talk about how slaves should be treated, but it doesn't say anything about not having slaves. The cool thing that I love about scripture, right? And I'm going somewhere with this, okay? So don't, 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 don't turn your, 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 don't, don't throw your phone yet, okay? The thing I love about the Bible is the Bible always, always, always keeps everything in. It's a history book. Remember, guys, and we've said this on other podcasts, it's a history book. So it's not going to take away like the history of that day. And so that's what's actually happening right now. It's not going to take the history away of that day. Now, listen, it says, so if you read those scriptures, you'll see that it's not necessarily, you know, saying that, that slavery was not a thing back then, right? But what you do have to understand is that the slavery that happened in biblical times is not the same type of slavery that we've seen over the past you know, I don't know, a few hundred years, right? It's not the same. It's not the same type of slavery. People in biblical times, they were not enslaved based on their race, okay? Because what we've seen in our more modern day is that people are, are literally enslaved based on the color of their skin, right? Slavery in biblical times, and read your history up on this, guys. It's important. If you, you know, if you think like, oh, I'm not sure about that. No, I think they were talking about slaves. No, well, go read your history. There's plenty of it out there. In Bible times, slavery really it had more to do with economics. It had a lot to do with, you know, people selling themselves so that they could pay their debts. Okay. A lot of times people made themselves slaves because they had to pay off debts. They had borrowed money or they borrowed grain or they borrowed, borrowed whatever they would borrow back in those times. Right. And like to today we borrow money, we go to the bank and, and stuff like that. And the Bible actually says the borrower is slave to the lender. Right. And so we know that the Bible talks about that, but back then what they would do if they owed somebody money, they would go sell themselves as a slave to that family that they owed the money to. And then they would, they would do how much 
whatever amount of work that they needed to do to work that off. Right. You know, have you ever been in a restaurant? I think this is always so funny when you're in a restaurant and like somebody forgets their wallet. Right. Like, like not intentionally, you know, I've been with friends or they like, you know, oh, you know what? I left my wallet at home. It's like, okay. Yeah. You kind of, I think you intentionally left your wallet at home. Very funny. No, that actually happened one time. (laughs) I used to know somebody. Oh Lord, Uh, man. If he's listening to this show, he knows that it's just funny, but we would go out to dinner and this, we were younger and uh, we'd go out to dinner and be a bunch of us. And it just so happened all the time, every time he would just so happen to forget his wallet at home. Right. And it it would get all the way down to the end of the meal. And they, you know, the, the waitress or waiter would come around with the bills and all of that. And he, ah, you know, Kev, can you spot me? Or, you know, who one of my other friends, Hey, could you spot me, you know, 20 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever? You know, I left my wallet at home again. You know, and it's like, okay, after a while, we kind of caught on. Right. And, you know, we kind of make the joke, you know, you're going to have to go in the kitchen and work that off. You know, (laughs) well, that's how it was in Bible time. Right. So people enslaved themselves because they had a debt to pay. Okay, but it was it was more of a a voluntary thing or things that they, you know, that they did in that way. You know, even in the New Testament. There were some attorneys, there were some politicians. I mean, there were people like that that were were slaves to other people, right? But the Bible even talks about that. But it talks about that you, you know, if people did have slaves, how they should treat them and how the slave should treat their master, right? So, and I understand when we say the word slave and master, in 2022, that just sounds just yucky. And I get it. Like, it's yuck. Like, don't say that. That sound well, you know, because because in our modern society, that has been attached to a very bad practice. Right. So we have, you know, we have child labor. We've got sex trafficking. We've got, you know, modern day ethnic slavery. I mean, there's just bad stuff that go in the world. It goes go on in the world now. Again, when you're talking about biblical times, that was a different time in history. So it wasn't the same. Okay. And so, you know, I I think we just, again, we just need to be careful. We need to be careful. We need to be careful when we were talking about scripture and know what we're talking about, because, you know, these kind of things can trip you up and you go, wait a minute. And it'll make, it'll make you doubt your faith. Because you're like, whoa, what, what, whoa, whoa, the Bible says that? The Bible condones slavery? No, it doesn't, right? Now, are there some hard things in Scripture? Yes. Are there some hard pills to swallow? Yes. Are there times when God destroyed things and people, like men, women, and children? Yes, right? But you're looking at a holy God who at that particular time, for whatever reason, and every single time it was a just reason, he decided to do some things. And you know what? Some of those things are hard to think about, right? When the when you read that scripture in the Old Testament, where the earth opened up and swallowed all those people, right? Or you read in times where God commanded certain kings to kill every person in a city, you know, and it wasn't, you know, it, I mean, there were kids there, right? But God, but God did that 
because, you know, because he's a righteous and he's a just God, right? We know about the loving God, but there is a part, there is a just part of God, right? And so we have to be, we have to understand that. And if we pour our emotions into our theology, again, it will cause us to believe things that aren't true, right? And so um, it's very important. So yeah, guys, so for, for today, that's the questions that we covered. There is going to be more questions that we'll cover in the future. But if you've got questions and you're like, hey, I want to know about this, or you want to know a little bit more about something that I talked about today, don't hesitate to text us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, anonymously, 248-301-2010, 248-301-2010. You can also go to thinkingoutloudmedia.com. If you go down, if you click on the contact us page on our website, it will take you to a place where you can send us a message via email and you can email your questions to us as well. Also, just want to remind you, if you want to give to the show, you can certainly do so. Go to thinkingoutloudmedia.com, go to the, the homepage there. And as you're on that homepage, scroll all the way down to towards the bottom of the page, you'll see a little small button there. It's a donate button. It'll take you right to PayPal. We have a secure website there. We also, obviously, PayPal is a secure site as well. And so you don't have to worry about any of that, that kind of thing. But don't forget to rate and review us. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon, all the places. We're embarrassingly easy to find. And we love you guys so, so much. Thank you for listening today. And have a wonderful, blessed week. And we'll see you next time on the Thinking Out Loud podcast. God bless you.